4: All right, we are back on the Dr. Dali Show. Thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven 877 dali one docdali So with the economy and the way things are happening in terms of hiring and recession and job loss, and even though there was some job growth, we're seeing a lot of layoffs happen. Um, one thing that um, has been reported and we've been seeing is our more adult kids coming home, moving back into the house. Or some adult kids not leaving the house. And it's a question I get asked, you know, when should they leave? When should you give them the boots? Uh, is it good? Is it bad? And so I'm mixed on it. Now, when I was 18, I was scratching at the door. I couldn't wait to leave. And I worked three part-time jobs and, you know, tutored in between classes or worked weekends and nights at one job, the other nights off, and the other part of the weekend at another job. And I was able to pull maybe 55 to 60 hours a week of work while doing a full load with school and trying to graduate college in four years. And so for me, I did it. In terms of roommates, I lived with whoever I could. In medical school, I had just, I didn't, guys who I didn't even know that were students would share the apartment. I lived wherever I could live. Going to school. And I'd rent out a room. I lived in somebody's backyard. Uh, they had like a little little casita. Um, this was at Washington and Rancho in a in a busy part of town that was still close enough to work. But um yeah, I I lived in their backyard and and uh, you know, paid some rent because I had a little shower, I had a little toilet, had a bed, and you know, I made it work. And to me, most of my education growing up, I credit to that having to find a place to live, how to live on $6 a day for or $6 a week for food, uh, how to manage jobs in school. So to me, I think moving out is one of the most educational things you could do. Uh, but things are a little different now. And so what I have seen with, you know, many adult children is they might struggle to have a roommate or struggle to have roommates that may actually be good influences on them. I've seen people drop out of school, drop out of work, just kick back smoking marijuana all day. And so the question I have is, if you have an adult child that wants to come back, you know, or is staying with you, do you have parameters? Do you have guidelines? You know, is it that the child is going to school? So if the child is going to school and they're saving money, and they're going to be saving money for a home or for a wedding or for a, you know, and there's logic behind it and there's strategy, and it's financially sound, I think it's fine. I know another adult person went lived on their own, lost a lot of money uh, that they earned on all the living expenses, and I think it's more financially feasible to go back and rent a room from the house that they were living in, which is another idea, too. You know, your adult child, if they're living at home, make them pay rent. Why not? They need to get used to paying rent. If they're going to live with you, they can pay rent. Now, well, eventually they'll be like, you know, I might as well have my own place. But there's a, because there's two different conversations. One is where the kids don't want to go, they're parasites, they're afraid to go out on their own. Then the other is, do I really want to drop? Two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars a month for rent, power, water, Wi Fi, computer. The, uh, you know, is it is it financially sound? Is are living with roommates who you don't know? I mean, in the nineties, I was afraid of single white female. I don't know if you guys remember that, where somebody took a roommate, single white female, she moves in and she ends up being a killer. You know, I I I, I don't know how my parents ever were able to sleep at night knowing that I was living with strangers but I didn't want to live with them I wanted to do it on my own and I did it on my own but nowadays you know you really don't want to subject your kids to living with perfect strangers you don't want your kids to blow money that's hard to earn when they don't necessarily have to so what you know is there an age which a child should move out i mean i I wanted my kids to move out the second they back-talked to me. So that was three years old. I was like, see ya. And I even told him, I go, I don't need this. You guys are the worst roommates ever. Leave. See ya. And, and like, okay, that's fine. Uh, but so if, let's say you have an 18-year-old child. You know, they want to go off to school. They want to study. You know, good. But if they're like, no, I just want to play video games. I just want, Then you're like, well, then you pay rent. You're 18. I don't think it's unreasonable to charge your 18-year-old rent. Now, some of you will say, Doctor Dahlia, I couldn't do that. They're they're my kin. I'd rather they save the money. Okay, well then that's fine. But then they need to show you they're saving the money. You know, if you are going to be providing them you now free rent, uh, what are you? Are you saving this money to later move out to get a home? What are you using this money for? Are you using this money for your education? You know, the deal I made with my kids is if they're in school and they're they're studying at school and they can't find roommates to live with that, then then that's fine. They could stay. But the second they stop school or the second they stop working, you're out. And so you'll have parameters. Now, some parents have children that just smoke weed all day, don't work, don't go to school, and they're just living in the basement they're not dating they're not these are these kids will be with you forever till your 30s their 30s 40s 50s and some parents like it they're like well good i got somebody who'll take care of me i understand that things are changing and we are seeing a lot of cohabitation families living together kids living with parents it's actually, it's actually very strategic. I'm seeing parents and children moving back in with each other. Um, we've been actually seeing this since the recession, the Great Recession. But you know, to have two separate homes and two separate, when basically you're watching you know, at your parents' house all the time, keeping an eye on them, taking care of them. We're talking even senior parents. So the cohabitation issue isn't bad as long as it is a cohabitation issue and there's independence on all sides. If there's a dependency going on, there needs to be an addressing of that dependency. Because, you know, for me, navigating my rent, my landlords and all that was an education that I think everybody should have. But on the flip side, things are so expensive. I don't want to see people blow through whatever salary they have to live somewhere that when they could save money at home. One eight seven seven 877 dot do not go away.
3: Hey, Jimmy, turn off the video games. Let's go play some ball.
2: I'm in the middle of my game. Can't we go later?
3: Come on, it'll be fun. It'll be there when you get back.
2: Okay, but there's no way you're going to win.
0: Why don't you grab some water and granola bars, and then we'll see about that.
2: You can make a difference. Eat smart, play hard. And when you do, your kids will too. A challenge from USDA.
1: Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com. Or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay.
4: Dr. Dahlia Show. Thank you all for tuning in. 1877 Doc Dolly 1877 D O C D A L I. Big thanks to Genesis Communications Network for making the show happen. Big thanks to Daniel, our producer, and big thanks to you all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dr. Dahlia and on Facebook, the Dr. Dahlia Show. So there's been a lot of concerns about what's been happening at the border. There's been some obviously health issues in terms of we're seeing some measles outbreaks. Um, uh, Uh, We're seeing cases of multiple drug-resistant tuberculosis. How many of them are endemic or how many of them are being brought over by the border. We're seeing videos of people sneaking in in California, Arizona. And um, then we're seeing videos of crime and officers being assaulted. Um, uh, I just saw a woman who was uh, dragged on a moped um, when somebody stole her phone. And um, many of these uh, criminals have been linked to being Migrants and I'm I'm just really appalled at how we in America who have been you know the, the beacon for immigration and for figuring out how to be a home to others who want freedom, why we are in such a disaster, why it's such a mess. And it's because we put politics first over policy and over common sense. We are no good to any other country if we don't secure our borders, if we don't fight crime, if we don't vet people coming into this country, if we don't ensure they don't have medical issues. Now, I'm not saying we go back to Ellis Island days, but obviously they were using some sort of that cognitive intelligence to, dis, you know, to discern if if individuals coming in would either hurt society or help society. Now, I get we're a lot more politically correct. You know, if you're ill, we're going to take care of you. We're not going to say, go away, you're ill. But why did we do that in, you know, 1800s, early 1900s? Because we wanted to make sure that we weren't bringing in. we, We didn't, in America, have the infrastructure at the time to take care of epidemics or individuals who were sick that were coming across the border. We didn't have the infrastructure to feed people who didn't have a job or didn't have a sponsor. So you needed to have a family who would sponsor you. You needed to have a job. You needed to to have some way to support yourself or make money and you needed to be healthy. Now we didn't use that thinking, unfortunately, during the Holocaust when um, uh, refugees were turned away which is frightening uh, and um, you know sadly you know, many people died as a result but my family was able to come here 20 years later when America decided to open things open the borders up to Holocaust survivors or refugees of of um, of a Nazi Germany who uh uh, had to flee and in the 60s they allowed people to come over which is how my grandmother was able to finally come over and now 20 years later 20 year waiting list but at least she got in and then my father was able to come over meet my mom have me so i see both sides and i think we in 2024 can deal with the border a lot more uh uh, astutely and uh, uh practically Practically, than what we're doing right now. Right now is, you know, what we're going to turn our backs, let you know whoever wants to come in, they'll be future voters, and it'll help change the voting districts. Meanwhile, we are grappling with overwhelmed medical centers on the border, overwhelmed schools, overwhelmed cities, overwhelmed shelters. New York is trying to figure out how to pay everybody to feed them. Yet, what's happening to our veterans? What's happening to our American homeless population? Now, there is a border bill that the Senate has passed, but House Speaker Mike Johnson has criticized it. And um, it is a $118 billion border security and foreign aid package, but only $20 billion is for border security. And so he says it's dead on arrival. He said the proposal is even worse than we expected. And the legislation right now of the $118 billion would allocate $20 billion for border security, give the federal government temporary authority to expel migrants when the average number of daily crossings exceeds a threshold, I think like 5,000 a day. The border security component also includes ending catch and release, including standards for asylum screenings, and attempting to process asylum claims quicker which is again why we have an immigration policy we want to help those seeking asylum we want to help refugees we want to be there but unfortunately if the whole world wants to come to america we can't handle it so there's got to be a process now speaker johnson said the foreign aid portion of the agreement includes 60 billion for ukraine 14.1 billion for israel aid for indo-pacific allies Johnson said he would put $17.6 billion in emergency funding for Israel in a standalone bill up for a vote on the House floor next week. So, you know, this is, of course, politics back and forth. You know, uh, it, if this is a border bill, why is only you know, one sixth of it going to the border? I understand that the House had said any any foreign policy package that's going to fund wars in Ukraine has to have something for the border. So it looks like there is something for the border. But I, I've always said we need separate bills. That's why Obamacare was an absolute mess. We tried to put so much into 2,200 pages rather than saying, look, we're putting it into pre-existing conditions. One line, one simple bill – Let the insurance companies figure out how to manage that without wrecking all the prices. And then we're going to move on to there should be physicals and certain essential things in an insurance policy. Go from there. Instead, there was all sorts of other stuff put in that didn't even have to do with health care. So, you know, our foreign policy is obviously up for you know, a um, um, huge vote coming up in this election, how we're going to approach going into World War III or a Middle Eastern conflict while we're being attacked and we still have hostages, American hostages, um, trapped in Gaza um, um, and uh, not released, um, how we're going to uh, approach Putin, how we're going to deal with Xi Jinping. Obviously, foreign policy is huge. Part of our foreign policy, though, has to be securing our border. We understand that been buying farmland we understand china's been buying a lot of real estate we understand that we are being infiltrated with drugs and with fentanyl and um, our cyber security is vulnerable these are things that need to be addressed who should be addressing it the house the senate where's our president what's our president doing it's a mess right now it's an absolute mess and i'm nervous you know, when I hear from the CDC in certain cities saying, guys, we got to watch out for this. You know, we're having measles outbreak. We're having this outbreak. We're having this outbreak. You know, we, we, we really messed up during COVID with um, how we mandated vaccines and how people trusted the CDC and then decided that the CDC was another arm of government and that it wasn't all about common sense medicine. So now we have people that don't trust anything the CDC recommends. From a public health standpoint I'm really nervous. If something does come our way and we really do need to use N95 masks or vaccinate, the average American's going to be like I, I, you know, not after what you did with COVID. And I get that. What we did with COVID was ridiculous. We fired nurses who were on the front lines. We fired military who wouldn't get a vaccine. They begged to let us see their their antibodies, then do a blood test. To show that they had antibodies, but nope. This is the way it is. You're being let go if you don't get vaccinated. So right now, I don't think there's a lot of trust in the government. And, you know, are people going to vote for Trump because they love Trump? Or are they going to vote for Trump because they can't stand what's going on right now? Are people going to vote for Biden because they love what's going on right now? Are people going to vote for Biden because they can't stand Trump? But right now, we are seeing games played. Okay, the border security should be a slam dunk. It should be a bill in and of itself Say, let's give our border patrol, our customs, our National Guard, everything they need. Give Texas what they need. Give Arizona what they need. Give California what they need. Build the wall. If they need the wall, build the wall. If they don't like the wall, then no. But whoever is standing there on the front lines, we give them what they need. Simple bill we passed today. And it's all this dinking around. 118 billion and only 20 is going to the border. We could do separate packages for Israel. We could do separate packages for Ukraine. But everybody, it it all has to be lumped in. You know how quickly we would get things done? If it was a simple one line or two line bill. But instead it has to be pages and pages of crap. So no wonder nothing gets done. One
2: eight seven seven Doc Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem?
0: A News Update. A ruling in the Trump-Colorado ballots case is likely to come from the U.S. Supreme Court before the Super Tuesday primary elections. Trump's lawyers argue their client is not an insurrectionist, but also that the Civil War era clause of the 14th Amendment being used against Trump should not apply to President. As for Trump himself...
5: I consider it to be
3: more election interference by the Democrats. That's what they're doing.
0: The case stems from a decision by the Colorado Supreme Court ruling Trump engaged in insurrection following the 2020 election and can be removed from that state's ballot. If the high court rules in favor of Trump, it will stop other states from attempting to do the same. Younger Americans have experienced a significant increase in wealth since the pandemic. The value of their financial assets have soared by 80 percent since 2019. That's according to a recent analysis by the Federal Bank of
4: All right. We are back on the Dr. Dahlia Show. Thank you all for tuning in. 1877-Dr. Dolly, 1877-D-O-C-D-A-L-I. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dr. Dahlia and on Facebook, the Dr. Dahlia Show. So burnout keeps pervading the news, pervading headlines, and I think we're a little confused as to what is burnout versus what is I hate my job versus what is depression versus what is, I'm really sick of what's going on. And so I think we need to talk about that. Burnout is an easier phrase to use in case you're among people who are not (laughs) like-minded. So if you're working for a company and you're getting paid like crap, and you're hearing that other people are able to work from home and work two jobs, or they're able to work maybe 10 hours a week and then collect government uh, uh, entitlements, you're going to be kind of frustrated. So is it really burnout? Is it really depression? Or is it, I'm kind of mad that I can't get the same deal as somebody else? So we need to identify that. Burnout is where you've been... You know, it's a very generic term and does encompass a lot of things that might include depression, anxiety. But burnout, to me, is similar to writer's block. It's similar to, I can't do this task anymore. Burnout is where you can't do the one or two things that you have been doing chronically. So if you miss your kids and you love your kids, And you have been working, and you have been working, and you can't read another email or look at another patient or look at another task. But the kids are like, hey, you know, daddy, mommy, you want to do this? And you're like, I can't wait. That is more of a burnout issue. If you are, I don't even want to look at my kids. I don't want to look at people. I don't, I'm just done with life. Then, That could be more depression. It could also be fatigue and exhaustion. It's really hard to play with the kids when you're exhausted. But burnout kind of implies that it's something that you've been doing that you're just not enjoying anymore. It stresses you out. And so signs of burnout could be apathy. I don't really care if the job gets done. Exhaustion. Poor sleep, negative attitude at work, skipping work, being irritated, feeling empty, dreading going to work, feeling underappreciated, feeling like you don't matter, blaming others for mistakes, low energy, thinking about quitting. So you see, burnout is more about what is burning you out. Now, can burnout extend and flow over to other parts of your life. Absolutely. You could be burned out and then take it out on the family. You could be quick tempered. Maybe you won't sleep well. You could overeat. You could undereat. You could make poor food choices. You could just be making poor choices in general. Going, you know what? Let's buy some Super Bowl tickets. To heck with it. Let's just do it. Your spouse is like, um, they're like $10,000 a pop right now. Really? (laughs) you wouldn't do that normally. Are you going to get depressed that you just jumped and spent 20 grand on two tickets? Oh, I didn't mean two tickets. I meant for the whole family. What? (laughs) So, that's our problem. I'm not going to go to the Super Bowl without my kids. I would need four tickets. No way. I'm going to probably use the money to pay mortgage, pay, you know, food, my power bill. I think I'm going to use that money to live for the next few months rather than buy Super Bowl tickets. But, when you are burned out, you could have poor sex drive. So it could affect your you know relationship with your partner. Memory loss. Uh, poor attitudes towards exercise. Saying, I'm not going to work out. Why should I? Lack of motivation. Lack of empathy. Headaches. Stomach aches. Your menstruation could change. You could have poor erections. Weight gain. Weight loss. Fatigue. Hyperactivity. Lack of attention to detail. You could get sick often. So how do we address it? A lot of you are burned out. The burnout is going to rise as your company is laying other people off. We saw this during the Great Recession, where people were getting canned, so those individuals who kept their job, they weren't any happier than the people who got canned because now they had to work the job of two to or three people and worry that they'd get fired. In fact, fascinatingly, I saw that some of my patients who were fired almost had that sense of relief because those who were working didn't know every week there were layoffs in the hotel industry. Every week they didn't know if they were going to be next. So sometimes, finally, your biggest fear being realized allows you to have that sense of, okay, at least I know I don't have to fear the unexpected. But I don't want you fearing layoffs. I don't want you getting burned out. I understand it's a very anxiety-producing time. But if you do have a job... And you want to keep the job. And you think that this is a job you are going to be able to have and weather out the storm. How do you deal with the burnout? Well, first and foremost, uh, try to laugh. Find some humor. I can't tell you how many times looking at a funny meme or a funny video wakes me up. And it makes me giggle. It makes me laugh. And I'm a little supercharged. So find the humor. I don't care if it's a far side calendar. I don't care if it's a funny YouTube or TikTok, whatever. Although we don't really use a lot of TikTok lately because of what's going on with China. But still, something that makes you laugh, look at that. Even if it's a, a, I don't know, a clip from a movie. You got to take care of yourself. I know we say there's no time. I don't have time for a massage or a mini vacation or a staycation. Um, You do. You really do. You have a lot more power if you have to take a day off. If you want to take out a hotel room one night, you now order in, watch some movies, just something different to break it up. You also have to learn how to say no. The four D's are deflect, defer, deter, and delegate. Delegate. So. When I'm at work, it's always, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. I never want to say no. You actually can. It's okay to say, look, you know, if a boss, let's say, is giving you extra stuff and say, look, I want, you asked me on Monday to do this, which I want to do, and I want to do a really, really good job. Is this, um, which should take precedence? What you told me to do on Monday or this? Because I want to make sure I get what you need done. And if they say, we'll just get both done. Now, you, got, you have to have a talk with your boss, but if the boss says, you know what, put what I gave you on Monday on hold, can you do this today, even though today is Monday, Hell, that, have these conversations. It is okay to take a day off. If you get fired for taking one day off, then that job doesn't deserve you. Now, if you keep calling out, that's a problem, but it's okay. And then make small goals. A lot of times we burn out because we think that we're failing in our life. We're not losing weight. We're not getting a a relationship. We're not getting married. We're not again small goals like we talked about during New Year's resolutions. Don't say I'm going to become wealthy. That's my New Year's resolution. Say, you know what? I am going to have an extra few hundred dollars saved away for next Christmas. That's pretty, that's a little bit more practical and more easy to attain, Stop also quitting, you know, uh, comparing yourself to others. Everybody on Facebook looks like they have a better life than we do. They're going to fancier places. They're getting tickets to the Super Bowl. You know how many people have told me that they don't even want to be on social media because they don't want to see the pictures of people at the Super Bowl? I don't care. Who cares if I'm not going to the Super Bowl? I'm saving money. I, I, it's, it's, it's almost a badge of honor. Going, look, rather than buying tickets to the Super Bowl, I bought a Tesla <laughs> or whatever. No, but you got to have fun. Find co-workers or other people that are also in your same boat that you can hang out with. Get a hobby, work on your bucket list, exercise, eat right. You know, it's burnout is not easy, but a lot of us have it and it's fixable. One eight seven seven 877 Dolly. 1877 doc 1877 d o c d a l i so one thing that has been happening at higher numbers is many of you do not have a regular medical provider so you're using telemedicine and the telemedicine provider is ordering you some blood work or your regular provider is ordering you blood work you're able to access your blood work on your own Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I support that. I can't stand the fact that people have blood work done and they have no idea what's going on with it and they're waiting days or weeks or months to get in with their provider. So you have access to your blood work. But now you get the results and you freak out because you see something that has an H on it for high or an L for low or it's in red whereas other things are in green and you're panicking. And then you're trying to call... A telemedicine provider, or trying to reach out to me, or trying to reach out to somebody, or posting it on Facebook going, what the hell, what do I do? And whenever we do ask, where's your doctor? You say, I can't get in with them. They're gone. Office is closed on Friday. But Really? Doctors are closed on Friday? I... Part of me wishes that I was maybe, you know, millennial or Gen Z, where I could be, I I was open on Friday, I was open on Saturday, I was at the office on Sunday, looking at labs, I would have never even thought that I could be a doctor closed on Friday, wow. So, life sure is nice when you get to take off on Fridays, but unfortunately, you're Patients are scared to death on a Friday, on a Saturday, on a Sunday, hoping to God you open up on a Monday and call back. So, what do your blood tests mean? Well, I can't go over every single blood test right here in this segment, but I could tell you guys generally what's going on. So, some of you are getting basic panels, like a CBC, your complete blood count. Your CBC looks at your blood cells, your red blood cells your white blood cells, looks at your hemoglobin and hematocrit. Your CBC can tell us a lot if you're having an infection. What type of infection? Is it a bacterial infection? Is it a viral infection? Are you having allergies? Could you possibly have a parasite infection? Are you anemic? Do you have leukemia? Do you have thrombocytopenia? Um, are you in, um, you know, do, do you have a uh, blood cancer? Your complete blood count is a fantastic test that could tell a doctor a variety of things. So whenever we do a complete blood count, there has to be context. So the patient needs to understand what is the context. Are we doing it because we think you have anemia because you're tired? Are we doing it because we want to make sure that you don't have leukemia? or you don't have too many clotting factors or too few clotting factors? Are we doing it because you're bleeding a lot? Are we doing it because we think you have an infection? Are we doing it because we think you might have mono? Why are we doing a complete blood count? So you need the context. And then from there, depending on what's off, a doctor can interpret it. Now, some of you might say, oh, my gosh, I have high hemoglobin and hematocrit. All right, well, it could be that you have polycythemia, Or you could have a condition where you're making too many blood cells. Or maybe you're dehydrated. Maybe when you fasted before your blood work, which you don't have to do so much for CBC but for others, maybe what happened is you didn't drink enough water. So you're a little dehydrated, so it looks like your blood count's a little higher than it needs to be. So your complete blood count tells us a lot of things. If it's off... Alright, We need to then do a follow-up. Is it off because you have an infection? Is it off because you're not making enough blood cells? Is it off because you're losing blood cells? So your complete blood count handles a lot of that that has to do, obviously, with your white blood cells and red blood cells. That could tell us things. Your comprehensive metabolic profile or panel, that is pretty comprehensive. So it has your salts your sodium, your potassium, your chloride. It also has your liver enzymes. So going back to your salts, your salts, including sugar, can tell us if you're diabetic, if you have diabetes, or if you have low blood sugar. Your sodium and your and your chloride and your potassium could tell us if you have a kidney issue, if you have a hormonal issue that could be affecting the way your salts are. Are you drinking too much water and making yourself hyponatremic? Are you not drinking enough water? So the salts are very important to tell us what's going on metabolically. That's why it's called a comprehensive metabolic profile. We have your liver enzymes that could tell us if you have hepatitis or if you have liver injury or if your liver is not functioning properly or if you have a swelling of the liver or an impaction uh, because you have a gallbladder that's not working properly. If you have too much iron, it could affect your liver. So your liver enzymes can tell us a lot. If you have a virus, your kidney function is also included in comprehensive metabolic profile. So if your BUN and creatinine, your blood urea nitrogen and creatinine are high, Okay, that could be a sign that your kidneys are not filtering well because your numbers are higher in the blood. It has a glomerular filtration rate, which could differ based on race, and they should have different um, values for that. And so it gives us an idea of your kidney function. And so uh, the comprehensive metabolic profile can tell us a lot. You might below that see a TSH and free T4 for your thyroid. Thyroid Thyroid-stimulating hormone is the hormone coming from the brain. Many of you get confused that you were diagnosed with low thyroid but your TSH was high. Your TSH is your thyroid-stimulating hormone which comes from the brain. It is gonna rise and be screaming at your thyroid if your thyroid's underactive, so it's inverse. The higher the TSH, the lower your thyroid function same thing if your tsh is really low almost nil that means your body is really trying to you know not signal the thyroid because your thyroid is hyperactive So it's an inverse proportion. And we use the free T4 hormone to see where your levels are. Sometimes we have a T3, we have an uptake. So your thyroid function can tell us a lot. Thyroid is involved in your blood pressure, your weight, your fertility, your moods, your cholesterol metabolism. Anybody that has high cholesterol or diabetes, we always check your thyroid. Because if your thyroid's underactive, that could add insult to injury. Some of you might have a PSA, a prostate-specific antigen to let us know what's going on with your prostate. PSA could be elevated in infection, but it could also be elevated in cancer. And so an elevated PSA needs to have an evaluation. Sometimes the doctor might just repeat it. Sometimes the doctor might try antibiotics, or sometimes the doctor might evaluate your prostate to see if it's a sign of early prostate cancer. So, um, and many of these labs, they might be a snapshot, you know, or a, I used to say Polaroid picture, but now I have to say screenshot of what's going on with your body. When it comes to like your prostate, if your levels let's say are three, and normal is under four for your prostate, and then you go up to 3.9 six months later, something's rising, all right? So we often like to look at your blood work to see if something's rising or changing. If your labs are abnormal, and you can't get a hold of your doctor, And you're stressed about it. You could try telemedicine or you could try an urgent care. An urgent care, at least, if they need to um, reevaluate something or recheck something, they could do it. So if it looks like you're, let's say, anemic and you have low hemoglobin and hematocrit and low MCV or low MCHC, that might be listed on your complete blood count at least an urgent care doctor could rerun or urgent care provider could rerun the labs add a couple other things check your stool for blood to see if you're losing blood and do some other tests um you know we we need to have um access to our labs i can't stand getting a mammogram and having to wait two weeks praying and scared to death and then what if nobody calls you what if nobody, you know, now that these these offices are so understaffed, sometimes you may never get a call back. Doctors used to say no news is good news. That's wrong. No news means nobody is looking at your labs and calling you back. No news is not good news. All right? You have to follow up on your labs. And if you can't get a hold of your provider, see another one. one Don't go away.